0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this night, day of November, uh, Wednesday. Got a good program on to for you tonight to watch. Uh, going to go over this uh, Tennessee-Georgia game from last week, plus uh, the updated college football playoff came out last night. No real surprises, really. Not really a big drop for Tennessee. I'll talk a little bit about TCU's run, LSU-Alabama. Uh, also, Mike McCarthy going back to Lambeau Field as the Dallas Cowboy coach. We'll uh, discuss that. And uh, to start off here, the Nets did not hire. The Brooklyn Nets today did not hire Ime Aduke. Uh, they hired Jock Vaughn, head coach there. Uh, this is according to The Athletic. They're hiring Jacques Vaughn as a head coach and parting ways with Steve Nash. Now, he's been the interim. He has been the interim for uh, since Nash was fired on the 1st. And here he is eight days later. (coughs) Excuse me, folks. Allergies bother me (coughs) the last few days. Um, So, Vaughn's a 47-year-old Brooklyn staff. Since 2016, previously, the interim coach after um, the Nets had fired, uh, had the Nets let Kenny Atkinson go in 2020. Uh, apparently, you know, and, and the story says Nashville's 94-67, 90, uh, got off to a 2-5 and five start. I, I didn't think Nashville was a great hire from the get-go. I know that the team got to the – uh, what was this 2021 season? Not like this past year, but the year before that, I know that they got to the um uh, what was it, the semifinal, conference semifinal, and got put out against Brooklyn or, or Milwaukee, ultimately, who, who won the championship. Now, uh, Vaughn's been seven and three, but the thing is, the Nets report he planned to hire uh, Aduka and drew criticism in September because uh, Boston suspended him. Uh, for the entire season, uh, due to an intimate relationship with a female member of the Celtics, so uh, they just couldn't stay the heat. You know, they just could not withstand the heat of bringing in Ime Aduca. And and my thing is, they it it was probably this is when you know it's bad, and you know it's been held pretty secretive, is the fact that um, the reports as soon as Nash was fired that they were going to go after former uh, assistant Ime Duca. Now, of course, he went to the finals last year with Boston. But my thing is, even the Brooklyn Nets could not make that uh, transition to hire this guy because they said that the investigation was taking too long. But uh, the, going back to this interim guy, it says that he uh, was uh, – was a head coach for Orlando about from 12 to 15. Of course, they went 58-158. He was assistant with the Spurs. That's the thing. If you work with Greg Popovich, you're going to get a job. It's like Sean McVay, you know. It's kind of like Bill Belichick, Sean McVay. Some of these guys really don't work out at all. Other ones work out pretty good. I mean, did. And um, I'll just say this. This team, it just looks like – The thing about it is when you bring in a guy like this that's an interim coach, you've already suspended Kyrie for five games. Uh, Steve Nash has already been fired. I think at this point for the Brooklyn Nets, I think that people want to start overlooking them as if the whole idea to put Kyrie and Kevin Durant was a bad idea together, and they're going to get overlooked. They actually may do well in this situation. Their defense went from, uh, from 30th to 20th and went up 10 notches. I know that's not the best in the world, but uh, there seems to be picking up a little bit of chemistry is what I'm reading here out of the athletic. And um, I think that the, the expectations are going to be so low now that it, whatever run they go on, whatever the run they go on, it'll be looked at as an accomplishment. I, I think technically, yeah, they could get hot and possibly – uh, contend for the championship. I know Milwaukee's off to a really good start. Miami, not so much. Boston's still the favorite. Boston seems like they haven't really lost a beat this year. Now, we're only three weeks into the season. But uh, it just – I know I don't really have a lot of faith in them because, Kyrie, you can't depend on him. I would trade him for whatever. Uh, I, I would trade him for whatever, fill out. He's in a contract year. You're gonna, it is a very low bar expectations, what uh pickle says, and, and mine is too. Now, the reason I'm talking about it, hey, Kevin Durant's still a really great player, but he's up there in age 34 years old. Uh, then Simmons, he's a guy he still hasn't found his shot, not being asked to shoot the ball much, run the point as much as you can from him with Simmons as a defender. Well, heck, their defense should get better. Dirk 610. It can guard any position out there. uh, That's a bright spot. Uh, You know, get a good rotation there with Curry, Seth Curry, and Joe Harris. Once everybody is back 100% healthy, uh, they could possibly go on a run. But, you know, it's just one of those situations. I think the West is loaded. And uh, I think the East, teams like Boston, Milwaukee, it's going to come down to those usual suspects, anyways. Nets are pretty much an afterthought, my opinion. But hey, it's it's November. It's November. The season shouldn't even be starting to uh, July or until December twenty fifth, in my humble opinion. Okay. In other news, switching. Actually, actually, uh, speaking of the NBA, a little bit of notes here. Uh, a little bit. It's early. It's early, but it's one of these. I kind of told you so here. Uh, that not only are the Lakers bad, but the, you know the Warriors. The Warriors have not even won a play; they have not won a road game yet. And you know, I'm looking at their schedule. And I thought it was an exaggeration. I heard someone mention that on, on the radio this morning, and I was looking at their schedule. I mean, the Warriors have lost. Let's see: at Charlotte, at Detroit, at Miami, at Orlando. These are lottery teams. Uh, at New Orleans, pretty good team there, and they they barely squeaked out a win against the Sacramento Kings on Monday. There was no games last night, but they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight road losses, and one, two, three, four. One, they're four and eight. Now, you say, well, it's not a big deal. Your first, you know, what were we talking two weeks into the season, two, three weeks, three weeks into the season? You know, when you win the championship, usually that's the first few weeks you get off to a great start, you know? And the fact that their defenses went down, Jordan Poole's plays went down. And the main thing that people are not talking about is the fact that. This team, their their main three between Curry, Green and Thompson, all these guys are 33 or older. I want to say Curry's like 35, 36. So those guys are going to get injured as the season goes along, and that's going to be an issue later on. I I just think that's going to be an issue uh, later on. Now back in 2021 when they when they had the injuries. Remember, they, they were um, in the playoff game. They got put out very early there. And, of course, last year they won the championship. Last year they got off to a really good start, felt like they had something to prove. Uh, I think prob- probably something with to do with that Draymond Green punch to the face or whatever with the Jordan Poole. You know, Poole got his big contract extension. And then you look at the fact that of their age – Maybe they're pacing themselves because they know that they're at that age. You're big three right there. Uh, they don't want to go hard in uh, October, November. But again, if you look at this West, guys, uh, I mean, Denver, Denver's going to be looking. Denver's not an easy out. Dallas is no longer an easy out, even though Luka is, is they're leaning too much on Luka again. Uh, the Clippers, even though they're managing Kawhi Leonard. Uh, the Jazz are playing well. That's probably just temporary, uh, but you know, you look, you start looking throughout the West. This is not going to be a cakewalk. One of those losses was to the to the Pelicans. Memphis is really good, young, hungry. Uh, it, this is going to be a team that that I think that they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle to to hover around that four or five seed, much less a one or two seed. Uh, the West seems to be wide open. Obviously, it's about attrition, but it's something I think that people should think about. Uh, me personally, players like Kyrie Irving, uh, who's the other Russell Westbrook, Draymond Green, those will be players at this point. I'm sitting up here on November 9th thinking, you know, let's just get, let's just be close to 500 by uh, a couple of weeks before the trade deadline, or even better, pickles uh towards the all-star break right uh we'll we'll do this towards the all-star break and then and then uh maybe we can make a move and get our roster better and uh and get that trade uh the all-star break is before the trade deadline used to be like right out of each other but i think the take the trade deadline's like in march now it used to be in february i know the all-star games in february but i thought that was an interesting observation coming back from um and also, the NBA—it's Wednesday's a good night in the NBA. You always have really good nights in the NBA on Wednesday. Uh, when I was doing uh, fantasy for DraftKings or whatever, I would I would love those Wednesdays and those Friday night games are two of my favorites. But when I was really deep into it, uh, five six years ago, Tuesday would be a good one because you only have about four games, you have less competition, uh, win a few hundred dollars there. But anyways. Just a little food for thought there on the NBA going forward. Of course, the Lakers are just the Lakers. You know, they're, uh, I want to say that they've won one playoff series, one playoff series since LeBron's been there. And that was the uh, bubble year. That was the bubble year. Uh, One playoff series, of course, they won the championship. Uh, They're another team. They're going to be right down there with. Uh, possibly look for maybe maybe an Anthony Davis to get dealt. That would be uh, something that I would think about now what are they like two and eight also or something like that? Uh, they beat Denver a week ago or so and LeBron and everybody they're uh, shower and coach Ham with uh, champagne like they won game seven of the finals. but these are these are I don't think anybody saw that with, with Golden State. Uh, it's early. It's early. Maybe Steve Kerr is simply uh, adjusting the lineup. But as far as uh, the Lakers, uh, you're kind of stuck there, man. You're kind of you're kind of stuck there. Okay. Now let's go to the NFL. But first, let me take a quick break here. We're right close to the 12-and-a-half-minute mark. I'll do a quick uh, one-minute, 19-minute uh, commercial break. I'll be right back in a minute and 19. Here on SportsCope, folks. Hello, SportsCope followers. After five years of doing this program once a week, balancing a 60-hour workweek job, I've decided to do the program five days a week, one hour a night, taking a significant pay cut. So I've started a Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash SportsCope, spelled the same way at the bottom of the screen you see there. For five dollars a month, seventeen cents a day, you can help support the program. You ask yourself, why Sports Scope? Well, I bring in such big names, uh, such as Al Borges, former Auburn offensive coordinator, and and I cover the big news uh, in sports that the corporate media will not cover. If you want to contribute more than five dollars a month, you can go use the Cash App. The cash tag is Sports Scope. Again, spelled the same way. Or you can go to the Zell app, sportsscope at gmail.com. Sportsscope has about 5,000 followers and growing. If you want to advertise on the program, you can email me. The word is sportsscope, spelled the same way again, at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the program. Okay, now I'm live back here. Okay, also... Added on to that other big names according to his assistant, Denise. Uh Mike Westoff will be on tomorrow, uh, around round 7:15 central time. Have your questions ready. I'm going to interview Mike Westoff about his book figure it out. I'm going to have the uh you know where to go get his book at or what course should be Amazon. And we'll talk about his book, Mike Westoff. Legendary special teams coach. He's got some funny stories in that uh, in that book here. Um, let me block. I don't know what it is with these uh, these trolls I've been getting here. Okay, I, I got them blocked. All right. Anyways, so he will be on tomorrow around this time exactly 7:15. Uh, uh, I haven't heard back from his assistant a few days after she asked me. Uh, to send her a copy, uh, a link to one of my podcasts, and of course I did with the Jim Jeff Code interview, and I haven't heard back from her. So I got, I sent her an email this morning. She got back to me. Mike is good to go. We'll have that set up, folks. So, anyways, because we're going to the NFL, Mike McCarthy's coming back to Lambeau Field since being fired in 2018. Now he started in two thousand six, so that is that's twelve years. That's two years past that ten year mark. There, I want to say uh, he is. So he got a couple of seasons there to kind of kind of mold Aaron Rodgers, and you know Aaron Rodgers had something to say about McCarthy on the uh, Pat McAfee show. I think this was this morning. Either way, check this out. Aaron Rodgers might have been yesterday. Aaron Rodgers old Mike McCarthy meeting Mike again uh, in Lambeau Field Sunday. Big game, Dallas will be in town. Listen up. Well, have you watched much Dallas yet? And have you planned or thought about hey, you might, hey, when when you get to see Coach Mike, like what it's gonna be like. I'm gonna give him a big old hug. I can tell you that much. I'm going like, to see let's see Mike. Uh shared some messages the past uh, past couple of weeks. and um, I know it means a lot to him to come back. I really do hope the reception for him is as warm as it needs to be. Uh, you know, he's got a street named after him. Obviously, he won a Super Bowl together. but the he street him name to, named to after town For 13 years, a big part of our success. Obviously, being the, the head boss of being the Packer Hall of Fame at some point uh, as well. And I think it's important that we honor him the right way. Not just him. I mean, obviously, he deserves a lot of honor and respect. Everybody from that staff, he talked about uh, the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator. Uh, well, the offensive coordinator later become the uh, – I think it was Feldman. It became the uh, head coach there. It was a disaster, though, at uh, Miami. Now, saying give him a big hug. Now, I know when Rodgers is being sarcastic or he's being nice, I really think that Aaron Rodgers really pondered on that thought. I think he's probably thinking, you know, you really don't miss the water till the well goes dry. I want to say they won that division like eight years in a row. And we all know about, if not, I'm telling you now, there was a lot of back and forth with him and McCarthy. Uh, He was doing too many audibles. Out of McCarthy's plays and whatnot, and now, of course, you said, "Well, he's, with the Flores went to the playoffs uh, quite a few times here, uh, a couple of NFC uh, championship games." Yeah, they did, and they got destroyed. They did, and they got destroyed. Um, probably, it did get stale with McCartney at the end, but I think Rodgers saying that, I think he's probably having a little reflection, thinking, "Well." Maybe I was probably being a little too hard headed and not running the plays that that, that Mike was calling. you know uh, same thing with with um, I noticed that Russell Wilson, by the way, he'll be coming here to Nashville and playing the Titans on Sunday, and there was something that came up about a wristband with plays on it. Uh, Pim and Pete Carroll have been taking jabs at each other. And that's one of those deals where I think once the dust settles, a few years with a few other coaches, I think now uh, that West uh, Russell Wilson, I say Westbrook Russell Wilson with, with uh, Denver now, I think he's going to have the same kind of appreciation that a um, Aaron Rodgers does for Mike McCarthy. You know, and I and I quite frankly, uh, we we just saw Tom Brady uh, pull a eke out a win on Sunday. I think that there's um, – he did take some shot. And, look, hey, you work with somebody so long, uh, there's going to be some back and forth there. You know, I've had a few guys that I've worked under uh, over the years that I still think about that I've learned from uh, in this job I was doing before. One of the supervisors, he says, a uh, guy that trained me, he, he was good at – he had some good advice, but mostly – uh, I, I, at the time I worked with the guy, I really didn't like him. He had a really bad attitude and, uh, I thought he was unprofessional at times, but I did learn a few things from him about management and everything. He said, they're like your kids. You got to correct them sometimes. And he also said, once you become uh, a supervisor of management, you never want to go back. And he was right about those two things. And a couple other things I learned from him, same thing with Aaron Rogers and a Mike McCarthy. But that being said, Rodgers, this is, I want to say they're on, what, a five-game losing streak right now? They're on a five-game losing streak. Uh, he's had some of the craziest games against Dallas over the years, if you all don't recall. Uh, he is 7-2 and two against Dallas. And if if it's any team, now Dallas, five-point favorites. They're coming off of bye week. Sometimes that could be a bad thing, like, like uh, um, Carlos said, and that could be. That could be a bad thing. But this team is reeling. This Green Bay team is reeling right now. Uh, Rashawn Gary's out for the season. Uh, Dobbs, he's injured there. Uh, they've got a uh, – was it Douglas? I think he's hurt their cornerback, their second cornerback. So they've got some injuries there. They've got the uh, – the, Their surgeon uh, receiver is a rookie, though. He was injured. So it it just, um, you know, it would be a good game for Green Bay to come back and Dallas go up there flat. I don't know why Dallas would be doing that since the fact that they're in second place in the NFC East. If I'm Mike McCarthy, a team that I used to coach, and they fired me, and I knew I had a better team, I'm going in focused not trying to run up the score, play your game. You run the ball, and you should be able to win that game if you're Dallas. Stick with the running game. We know this is a big marquee 3.30 central game on Sunday. It's not a Sunday night, or I'm surprised, but it's one of those 3.30 games. Uh, Dallas has the tendency in the past uh, to, to call big passing and plays and try to run the score up. And this would be the ideal game for them to screw things up. A uh, few guys don't recall a few playoffs. Well, for one thing, uh, Dak's rookie year, this team goes 13 and three. Everybody thinks they have a really good Super Bowl shot. Zeke Elliott uh, running like a man possessed. And second year, I think it was, or maybe they came in the same year. Either way, Dallas looked great and they had uh, Green Bay in check. This is. Like I said, Dak's rookie year. Green Bay comes back. Huge throws by Aaron Rodgers. The team ends up winning the game. That was just a few years ago. Go back a few years before that. I want to say in a Tony Romo, Des Bryant. uh, Very controversial call, which was garbage because I had Des Bryant pickles. And that 2014 um, game against uh, the Cowboys where uh, Des Bryant – had the ball in his hand, running with the ball, and the ball uh, uh, came out uh, after he took three steps and got the ball back. They said that was an incomplete pass. Later, the ref said that that was a completion. Well, they were right on the goal line. Dallas could have just easily ran the ball in at that point, and they would have uh, likely won that game. Green Bay gets very lucky there, comes back, wins that game. Then they go to Seattle in that crazy NFC Championship game where um, they drop the – one of the players uh, drops the onside kick. Uh, Seattle gets it back. Seattle eventually goes to the Super Bowl only to lose in another controversial play and uh, where – uh, Russell Wilson throws an interception on the one-yard line, if you guys recall that. He throws that interception on the one-yard line uh, to the Patriots, and the Patriots go ahead and win that game. And and uh, it seems like that that uh, guys like Richard Sherman in that defense and uh, Marshawn Lynch, they never forgave uh, Pete Carroll nor Russell Wilson for that. But going back to this Green Bay-Dallas game, yeah, uh, I could just, it, 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 I want to say about the last time they played, uh, Green Bay was so-so, and I want to say Aaron Jones, who is from Dallas originally, from Texas area, he had like four touchdowns against uh, Dallas in that game. Uh, this was like in 2019, I want to say. So we, I, I'm curious to how this game is going to play out uh because it is in Lambeau, but again green bay five game losing streak uh dallas if you don't try to do too much stick with the running game don't get cute you should win this game easy we'll break that game down because i think it will be a big game i think green bay i think they're finished for one thing i think they'll show a few flashes here and there and they might back in as a wild card but for the most part i think they're finished and i think that Judging by that comment, I think Rodgers kind of feels guilty about uh, running off Mike McCarthy. Let's see. Uh, Yeah, Pickles remembers these plays here. Uh, A lot of history between Dallas and Green Bay. Yes, a lot of history there going back to, uh, I think they played in uh, a few NFC championship games back in the day. Actually, I know they had some big games in the 90s where uh, Brett Favre was coming about. I could When I say Brett Favre in the 90s, Green Bay, I think about John Madden every time. Brett Favre this, Brett Favre that. Uh, that was in 96, I want to say. They had a really good one. And this particular game, 96-97, uh, Favre ends up uh, beating Dallas, I want to say, and later on get into the uh, Super Bowl. So, yeah, it is. It, it's going to be a good one. Uh, Marshawn Lynch uh, in the backfield, yeah. That was this bad cause of party NFL. Uh, Dallas should run the balls, what Pickle says. Uh, McCarthy distinct advantage, yeah, and he shouldn't blow this. And hopefully he'll he'll keep them in check. But this is typical of Dallas to screw things up. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see. I just thought it was an interesting uh, little tidbit coming up. Not breaking it down, just talking about the storyline, folks. Just talking about the storyline here okay let's go to okay that was a big game saturday did not turn out the way i thought it would be uh tennessee at Georgia. a lot of you've been asking me so when are you going to recap that game when are you going to recap that game well there was a lot of news stories between uh nfl monday and tuesday and i didn't think that jim ursay was going to go crazy and, and uh uh, fire his coach and hire a former uh, center, uh, Jeff Saturday, uh, who's only been a coach in the um, high school for three years and been a consultant. Anywho, back to college. Okay. Uh, booked as the biggest game of the year Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, Tennessee's defense didn't play as bad as I thought. Uh, when I went back and looked at that box score, uh, but the, the thing was Georgia, they've got three to five that I know of three that I know off top three uh, that I know uh, NFL guys. This is probably going to come out this year, you know, including Ringo, that cornerback who had a really good game, but uh, Georgia had six sacks in that game, eight tackles, a loss. So that's tackling you for a loss in yards. Uh, Tennessee, number one offense in, in points and yards coming into that game. And mind you, hey, they played some good teams, okay? They played LSU and put 40-something on LSU. We'll talk about that game here in a little bit. Uh, they put 52 on Alabama. Alabama's got the potential number one overall pick or number three overall pick. I'm sure he's probably not going to go number one. Will Anderson, their defensive end. But as I said, coming into this game, this Georgia team has bet, has a better defense than Alabama. I didn't think that they would be 13 points uh, better defense. I thought maybe they would hold Tennessee to about uh, 30 to 38 points instead of 45 to 52, and that wasn't the case. They totally, uh, uh locked down. I don't know if I'd say dominate, but they hidden hook or hooker looked pedestrian, you know. Uh, Tennessee lost a fumble in one pick, but that was pretty much it. Uh, Georgia lost two fumbles. Uh, neither turned into a touchdown in that game. They had a, they got a field goal on that first possession, but, uh, you know, Stetson Bennett exploited Tennessee's secondary. He he, he threw two, ran for one, uh, but they didn't give up any rushing touchdowns. I would still probably take, um, I'll still probably take Georgia in a rematch on a neutral site there. And uh, yeah, Pickle says they got a great defense. I mean, you couldn't run on them. You could not. Uh, they did have Tennessee did have more rushing attempts. than than Georgia did, but it just seemed like uh, Georgia, the reason why a lot of us were picking Tennessee, first of all, Tennessee has matched up well against Georgia in the past when both of the teams played well. I followed this robbery for a long time, and I still stand by everything I said uh, Friday when breaking this game down was the fact that Tennessee has – when both when when they were somewhat competitive, I felt like Tennessee felt more confident against Georgia and those Mark Rick teams, even the Kirby Smart teams, because they play more of a traditional style pro style football rather than a, a a Florida or an Alabama who was been mostly overwhelmed with talent and a Florida who was you know run all those crazy spreads and stuff and get a lot of the defense out of order with Tennessee, who really own Tennessee. Uh, But Georgia, you know, uh, the reason why a lot of people were picking Georgia, I know Kirk Herbstreit picked Georgia, or picked Tennessee, I picked Tennessee. A lot of the writers picked Tennessee is because uh, Georgia looked, uh, you know, they only won by four points at Missouri just about three weeks ago. And I think during that stretch between Missouri and Kent State, it just seems like that Georgia uh, got a little bored. It seems like they're human they're 18, they're 19 years old. Uh, they got a little bored there and uh, once they got challenged, look at let's go back to week one. look how good that week one win 43 to three or seven what, what, I'm trying to I can't remember what they did either way. They totally ran Oregon off the field in week one. Well, Oregon goes on and beats uh, UCLA, who's been playing really well, beats them convincingly, uh, beat BYU, pretty decent BYU. Both those teams ranked in the top 20 there pretty decisively. Uh, Oregon's not a bad team. It's just when Georgia really feels pressured, they dial in. All those five-star guys, they, they're they actually playing up to their uh, – uh, up to their, their their billing unlike a texas a&m now who lost again uh to florida last weekend and i you just hope that that they don't overreact down there in college station i know they're going to get some transfers i would like to give jimbo fisher at least one more year i think he's going to be backed into a corner like jim harbaugh was just a few years ago and uh forced to make some staff changes, which they probably won't have to force him to. He knows he's got to make staff changes and go out and get a quarterback that is and having a modern-day, speedier offense, or you're going to get left behind. Uh, But if he don't, he's going to get canned too. But Georgia, going back to Georgia, those guys have lived up to their height, okay? And just a side note, Georgia has a clean shot to go back-to-back to put Kirby Smart and rarefied air, okay? Uh, Alabama, back in 2011, 2012, they went back-to-back, right? Uh, 2003, 2004, Southern Cal did. I think it is a little bit of an asterisk about Southern Cows because one of those was a split championship, I want to say, in 2003. I thought that was ridiculous. But in 2004, they outright won. They, they destroyed Oklahoma. Didn't get a chance to play the 03 04 Auburn team. Remember, I, I still haven't got my Al Borges book, God, it's taken forever in Amazon. But so going back to back is a big deal. Check this out so Alabama 11 and 12, Southern Cal 03 04, and then it goes all the way back to Nebraska 94 95. So that would be the first time. Uh, excuse me, the fourth time in over 40 years that a team has went back-to-back. And I know that uh, Vince Dooley just passed away a few weeks ago at 90 years old, and he was considered a legend, won a championship under Herschel Walker in 1980 there. But you look at a guy like Kirby Smart, I think that they're probably not going to lose another game. Now, they could lose at Mississippi State, They come off a really big win. There's a lot of trash talk, post-game trash talk against Tennessee after uh, winning this game Saturday. Could they be a little flat on the road and and lose to a Mississippi State team? Possibly, possibly, but I doubt it. I mean, this Mississippi State team's been beat by uh, Kentucky this year, and, uh, of course, they were beat by Alabama. But uh, they're the type of team that, you, that could catch you slipping and, and, and beat you, and beat you. So uh, Kirby Smart, they may, they may na- name a street after him. Yeah, You guys catch what Aaron Rodgers said. He said, well, um, you know, they got a street name after Mike McCarthy. Well, in Athens, Georgia, if you go back-to-back back, after that long 40-something-year drought of not winning a national championship, uh, now, remember, they did play for a national championship with uh, against Tua and uh, and Jalen Hurts. Both of them are doing really well. Look how big going back to Georgia. Look how big that national championship game turned out to be. Uh, Georgia's leading at halftime. Jalen Hurts not having the ability to make his second read in that game, and then you come into the second half. This true freshman Tua comes in, uh, makes some big throws uh, and eventually wins that national championship, makes a big throw at the very end of that game. Think of Georgia would have won that one, you know, put Kirby Smart in rarefied air. I think they're probably going to run the table. I don't think anybody's going to touch them. I really do. Uh, they're number one now. They were number one. Pre- um, no, I think Alabama started off number one. And then after the first few weeks, and then Georgia became number one, and, and then they proved uh to be number one, and they are number one, you know. And like I said, uh whether it be LSU or Alabama, whoever they're playing in this playoff game, I, I don't think that the teams can touch them right now. I really only team that could beat Georgia is Georgia, you know. Uh, people ask me, well. You know, Tennessee is fifth in the plat. Do, do I think Tennessee could beat them again? Probably not. I would probably pick Georgia. But uh, if Tennessee is talented as they are and, and, and as good as they played this year, uh, could if they play Georgia again, uh, they would have to play a near-perfect game. Uh, so they would have to drive the field on a short yard, uh, and put some short plays in there, and, and have Hooker not – instead of Hooker – Uh, trying to run, doing a scheduled run. He needs to do a run where he's pulling back and letting the team go out in zone and coverage, and then he needs to run forward. Uh, A lot of that stuff, a lot more short passing games, uh, and the defense is going to have to play flawless, and they would have to have multiple turnovers for touchdowns in that game to beat Georgia. But at the end of the day, Georgia's just a better team. They're more talented. And it was, a, it was a reality check there for uh, uh, Tennessee in that particular game. Spent a lot of time on that. Hey, guys, you know, it, it's, a, uh, it's one of those deals there where you have, um, I mean, you got a number one and number two team. It's not that many times in the last 10 years that those uh, a number one and number two have played in the regular season. I want to say it was Alabama and LSU, and I think uh, it was kind of a boring game, a very very tight game, and, and, uh, you know, LSU won by a field goal, and I think Alabama later beat them in a national championship that game, 21 to nothing. But going back to the rankings, um, let's see here. I don't know if I'll put that screenshot. Okay, so, all right, obviously, you guys know um, I've co-signed for Georgia. Number one, Ohio State's number two. Now, Ohio State's number two and, and Michigan's number three. I think they're going to eliminate each other. I think uh, the winner of that game will will likely, as usual, will likely go home and win the, uh, the Big Ten championship game. Uh, I'm leaning Ohio State, but I can see Michigan winning that game with their running game. I saw the trouble I saw the trouble that Penn State had with uh, I saw the trouble that uh, uh, that Penn State or that Ohio State had with Penn State but I think Michigan's got their confidence now that game's going to be played at that game will be played at Ohio State so I'd give them the edge for right now so that would eliminate Michigan. And then the other one is is TCU Texas. Now that's another story that has kind of gotten, you know, uh, it's fallen under the radar. This TCU schedule, uh, this TCU team, folks, uh, you know, they're playing in the Big Ten and or the Big Twelve, excuse me, and they have this new coach here, Sonny Dykes. He now he replaces Gary Patterson. Uh, Patterson's had quite a few pros come in there. That team was 5-12 and 12 last year. Uh, they get the SMU coach, like I said, Sonny Dykes there. And I want to say they tr- uh, changed. Uh, they went from Morris to uh, Duggan there at, at quarterback. They put together some big wins. They beat Oklahoma. They beat uh, Oklahoma State. Huge win in, in overtime. Uh, beat Kansas State. They should be there. They they should definitely be there. But that being said, uh, and they beat Texas Tech last week. They're number four. Now, they have to play at Texas. And I, I think Texas, they're seven-point favorites. I think Texas will beat them, honestly. I think Texas will run for them. And I do not think that a one-loss TCU is going to jump an SEC team. So if you look at it that way, yeah, I, I, I just don't think that they're going to um, that they're going to make it. Now they could if they do beat Texas and they do beat Baylor, and then they got Iowa State, who's pretty well coached. There, uh, they deserve to, to win. They deserve to be in uh, in this college football playoff. So I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to lose Saturday. Honestly, I think they're going to lose Saturday. And, of course, Clemson. Clemson's been in it all year. Uh, Clemson, truth be told, Clemson at home should have lost to Syracuse. I mean, just multiple turnovers by Syracuse. Syracuse outplayed them in their own backyard. And uh, Dabo Sweeney benches this DJ, uh, the guy with the long last name. It should, should might as well be Giannis Antetokounmpo. But Dabo Swinney benches him, puts the backup in, uh, get a few breaks defensively because they got a really good defense still over there in Clemson, and they come back and, and beat Syracuse. Well, the very uh, a few weeks later, they are. We know what happened last week. They they went to Notre Dame, and the, Dabo waits till they get down twenty one points. Then he pulls DJ again and puts his backup quarterback in again. And, of course, uh, Notre Dame, a team who had lost to, um, who was it, Marshall early this year, beat them. And you got to look at Clemson. I think think somebody said something about that. Does this kind of look like the Florida State team that went undefeated during the regular season, but they had a really easy schedule, and then they get destroyed by the Marcus Mariota uh, Oregon team in the first year of the playoff back in 2015. I thought, yeah, that's uh, 2014, 2015. Uh, that sounded about right. And of course, Oregon that year later on lost to Ohio State, but so I think that Clemson's is done with their loss. That loss, they're done. Uh, and then Dabo says, Well, I'll still DJ, still our number one quarterback. So why are you still pandering to this guy because he was a five star player? Look, the guy does not lived up to the height. If you look at a guy like Bill or Bill Belichick, Nick Saban recruits five star guys all the time. It was a five star player that was the quarterback of the uh, Alabama when they lost um, that Ohio State game, and that guy was terrible. Uh, That they were lucky to be in that playoff game uh, against Ohio State that year. So I, I don't understand that. I think maybe that's that's too much loyalty there. I don't know what Dabo's thinking. He's got some soul searching to do. He's not really into this NIL stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody didn't offer Dabo a chance to go to the NFL just give a change of scenery. Now, he's kind of a folksy guy. I can see him coming back because Deion Sanders made the comment. He said, man, I may get arrested for murder and uh, he was joking about because these NFL guys are so entitled and they don't want to listen. Uh, That's why he says he would probably uh, pass on the NFL. But going back to Clemson, so I don't think Clemson's going to make their way back in. They lost, and the ACC is still not quite what it used to be, and um, we don't have to worry about them. Uh, And Oregon, Oregon is still in it. Oregon uh, again. Uh, Tennessee's fifth, and, I, and I'll talk about I'll talk about LSU here now. now Tennessee, you say, well, they lost to the, really the AP number one team. Uh, they they beat an LSU team pretty decisively. After um, they beat a really good LSU team, uh, they beat a really high ranked Alabama team. Uh, they beat uh, Kentucky when they were ranked. They beat uh, at uh, Pittsburgh when they were ranked. And for a little while, they were they were in the game against uh, Georgia at Georgia. So they're number five. Oregon, if Oregon runs the table, wins the Pack uh, Ten, they still got some few hurdles to jump. Their Pack Twelve or whatever, uh, they could get in it as that four seed. But my thing is, I think the easiest path is I think TCU is going to lose in the next few weeks. And then I think Tennessee is going to jump them. See, Tennessee's got teams like Missouri, okay, left. They got out South Carolina. South Carolina's much better this year, but Tennessee's way better. Uh, They'll win that. And then, of course, they end the season against Vanderbilt. They won't be playing in the SEC championship game, not unless Georgia loses two straight. That's not going to happen. Um, So Tennessee's going to sit back there and probably find a way to slide in that uh, playoff. So I think uh, my prediction is it's going to be Georgia, winner of Ohio State, State, Michigan, and Tennessee, and that fourth seed, that fourth playoff spot, that's the $64,000 question, okay? Uh, Do you give that to an LSU team if they beat Georgia? in the SEC championship game at two losses, do you put a two-loss LSU team in over a one-loss, say, Michigan? But if LSU beats wins the conference, do you put a two-loss LSU team in over a one-loss Oregon team? That's another. So essentially, that would be three SEC teams. Um, actually, that would probably eliminate Tennessee if LSU won. No second thought. I I I've got confusing myself. So, anyways, again, Georgia. My prediction: Georgia winner of a Penn, uh, Ohio State, Michigan. That's two, and Tennessee's three, and that other one could be anybody. Uh, I mean, USC's only got one loss if they run the table. Uh, someone like that. I don't think it's going to be Clemson. Uh, I don't think it'll be U- UCLA. Probably be Oregon. Pro- uh, either Oregon or, um, let's see, well, another one of those packed. T- I don't think it'll be a Penn State or somebody. So that's, that's the fun part. That is the fun part about looking at this going ahead now. Okay. Now. Now, who's doing the laughing? LSU's Brian Kelly mocked for the fake Southern accent. I didn't even think nothing about that, by the way. I didn't think nothing about it. He was in the moment. He was just trying to do the little Cajun accent. Uh, You could tell he was really motivated. Uh, Brian Kelly, the LSU coach, has lost about 15 pounds. Uh, He seems energized. Uh, This guy has played teams like Georgia really close. Uh, They've played uh, SEC teams close. Now, I think they got destroyed by Alabama one time in a playoff game, but uh, he's, I've always thought he was a good coach, man. And, you know, after you saw the FSU game questions already, should he really brought in this transfer Jalen Daniels from Arizona state uh, or, or simply uh, is he over his head? But, I, my thought coming after that game, I was thinking, well, let, let him at least get one class in, one recruiting class, one transfer portal class and before you start, wanting to throw him under the bus. Uh, they went on a run, won a few games there, and then let me see. Let me see if I think I got a copy of their schedule here, uh, this LSU team. Pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they, they lose opening weekend to FSU, which I lost some money, and I had a free bet there on FanDuel and lost that. But they go on and went, beat Mississippi State. They beat Auburn. Turned out not to be a big win. And then Tennessee blows them out. They blow them out on uh, October 8th. But then they go on the road and beat Florida convincingly by 10. Uh, and, and then they beat Ole Miss, who was ranked seventh by 25 points. They get the bye week. And then, of course, that wild game Saturday night, they beat Alabama. They stormed the field. So now uh, they're, they're looking decent. Of course, they got to go play at Arkansas next week, UAB, and then at AM. I think they'll probably run the table there. Uh, Arkansas could catch them slipping. Arkansas, I know they lost to Liberty. But you know it's know how coming off the big game, then you go on the road, you never know how your team is going to respond. And, then, of course, they lose, then, and Alabama's back in it. And then it makes that Alabama Ole Miss game huge. That makes that game huge. But I do think Brian is going to work out. And you asked me, so what about Nick Saban? Uh, Nick Saban's team is, you know, they're, they're they're getting more penalties than I've ever seen them. They had a lot of penalties in the Tennessee game. They've got some holes in their defense more often than not. I think Saban is going to have to probably bring in more, better actual X's and O coaches and on the field coaches rather than recruiters. And I think he's going to make some changes. There's a chance that um, I forgot that uh, Bill O'Brien may not. I was reading that the other day that he might not be back at uh, alabama uh and i know that it uh bryce young has had an up and down year uh he's trying too hard to be an air quote uh pocket passer when he probably should have run i like the fact that he's trying that you know i think deshaun watson went through that his last year at clemson but when he when it got close to clutch time he turned it on uh was he a little overthinking the, the moment a little bit uh bryce young in that game uh, every mock draft I look at, he still looks good. I think that Saban's got to get back to the fundamentals. Uh, they got the number one class coming in in 2023 so far. So far, it's early. They got the number one class, even though he moaned and groaned about losing it in 22 to an A&M team who's awful now. Um, I think he's going to have to get back to fundamentals. This is not going to be an easy ride anymore. LSU is going to be here for the next few years, Okay. Uh as far Georgia's there. Georgia's there. Okay. George and LSU. Eventually AM is going to make some adjustments. They're not going to be down long. We still don't know who Auburn's going to hire. He's going to have to treat the SEC, and I don't think that I'm being hyperbole here. Like the NFL pickles. He's going to have to play field position, kicking game, running game, uh, uh time management it's going to have it's it the games are going to be so close now it's not going to be where you can just blow uh, everybody out and have one or two games no it's it's going to be about five or six games that that Alabama's going to have to get up for they almost lost to Texas this year you know and they opened a week but i think they're going to have to do some soul searching all this cuz they got two losses yeah yeah cuz i thought they were going to run the table this year I thought they were going to win the national championship and go undefeated. But that hasn't been the case. You know, and that was a big move by Brian. If they lose that game in overtime, people are calling Brian Kelly an idiot on Monday. But they they won the game. And then of course they end up um end up winning that uh particular game. But you know, people love a winner, you know. All that accent stuff. People don't care about all that. People don't care about anything. Long as you don't embarrass the program, uh or let everybody else see that you're embarrassing the program and and uh you can you know do something just egregious, I mean over the top egregious, but little stuff like that, fake accent, eat grass, don't eat grass, less miles. You eat grass and you lose, you're you're a loser. You eat grass and you win. Hey, he's competitive. You know, I mean, it's 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 just that's how important. Now, remember, he's got a huge contract with LSU, and, and the one thing is, you got to win a national championship or maybe a couple national championships. But I think that he will eventually win. I don't know if it'll be next year, but I, I do think he'll eventually win. Um, if they knock out Georgia, uh, I think they probably will, will could sneak in. They could probably sneak in. Over another team, but we'll see. Uh, and, and yeah, and pickle says he was just having fun, you know. I've talked to a guy at the hospital the other day, and he said, "I just don't like that Brian Kelly. I don't like him because it looks like you're trying to make fun of the South." I said, "Well, hey man, you could do whatever you want to do. Just just win, baby. Just win. we you win, like you know, if if uh, Urban Meyer came to Tennessee and he's mocking this Southern accent, but I know Urban Meyer's won multiple national championships, three to be exact." I'd be okay with that. Hey, man, just win, you know. I I don't want somebody um, to to lecture me on something or make me feel good. Do the brick-by-brick thing with Butch Jones and, you know, give those long, ridiculous speeches like Derek Dooley and you're losing seven games a year. No, no, just, you know, and, and that's a big thing down here. And these teams will buy out. These SEC schools will buy out a major contract. And let me just say this for the record. Um, Pending on how these classes are going at, at A&M, uh, I, people are like, well, they just gave uh, they just gave Jimbo Fisher at A&M a huge extension. They, they won't buy it because of the money. Now, if they wanted him out bad enough, they would fire him this year. Money's not an option for these schools. Auburn, Alabama. Uh, Texas A&M, Texas, even Ohio State, money's not an option. If they want you out bad enough but they want you in bad enough, they're going to come up with the money. Now, some of these Ivy League schools like a UCLA or, or these some of these schools that don't take it as serious as we do in the South. A USC, no, they may they keep you on for a year or two. Oregon, somebody like that. Notre Dame, not unless it was something really embarrassing at Notre Dame. Uh, but for the most part, they'll keep you on the year or two. But uh, at Auburn, yeah, a team like Auburn, they proved that. They already proved that. They 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 fired two coaches. Uh, Gene Chizik, two years removed from a national championship, they fired him. Uh, a one year and a half, they were going to Brian, fire Brian Hartson. Now, of course, in the second year, they went on and fired Brian Hartson at Auburn. They don't mess around down there a m has an ocean. Yeah, they got an ocean of money. Now, again, I don't think they should fire Fisher. I think Fisher's going to have to do some major makeover. And I would really like to sit down with Fisher and, and talk to him about, I want to know, like, how bad is it dealing with these little prima donnas with this NIL stuff? Because it is a lot of money. Uh, again, folks, I'll be back on tomorrow here. Uh, Mike Westhoff. That's going to be most of the program. I'm going to be interviewing him. I'm telling you, don't miss this show. He's going to be, uh, this guy has coached with uh, Herm Edwards, uh, Don Shula. He's got a Bill Parcells story in there. Uh, He's got uh, Jimmy Johnson. He's got two or three Jimmy Johnson stories in there. I'm going to ask him about Jimmy Johnson and uh, ask him about that run-in he had with him in the 60s, and then they had, uh, his comments about Johnson at, at, at Miami with the Dolphins and whatnot. Ask him about that. Uh, rule changes. You know, this guy was involved in rule changes in the NFL. Uh, uh, he's with Sean Payton, Tayson Hill. I'm going to hit him up with that Sean Payton sweep states questions. Figure it out is the name of it. Pickles, thank you. If you guys like the show, share the show. Again, Same place, same time. Tune in tomorrow. NFL legendary special teams coach Mike Westoff, according to his assistant Denise. Thank you. Uh, He will be on tomorrow. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. Same place, same time here on Sports Scope.